Shut the F up for life. He needs to learn how to wrap that thing up. Woo! All right. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Philly Experience Podcast. My name is Max Stretzel, along with Tyre Hood, Tanner Gilmartin. Back Do we know it's hard? Hopefully, everybody enjoyed their break, holiday season, whatever you want to call it. New Year's, Christmas, obviously, whatever you celebrate. We're back in action, finally this week, virtually. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun over this break to just watch the Eagles. And obviously, they're going to be a playoff team now, playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this upcoming weekend. Woo! We want to touch on the Sixers as well. They're playing great basketball right now, surprisingly, because where they were earlier in the season definitely does not or probably not where we thought they would be at this point, considering who they have and the whole Ben Simmons drama with Tobias Harris now in rumors. Of course, we'll dive into that as well. But we want to touch on the Cowboys game. And, of course, I know, too, you have a couple of things to get off your chest as well about the Cowboys playing the Eagles backups. And also touch on Tampa Bay because this is a huge game this weekend. A lot of people not giving the Eagles a big-time chance to win this. But when we when you talk about this Dallas game to start, Tanner, you were there, obviously, as you are every home game. I know the, the result isn't what we wanted to see. But I don't think we can harp too much on this pass game, especially because Hurts didn't play. Kelsey only played one snap, et cetera. No, we can't harp too much on this game. Like for anybody that's really taking this game seriously, you're, you're, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, to all the Cowboys fans out there, cause I've been fighting with them all week long on WIP and fighting with them on Twitter. I'm sorry, but um, they, they just, you guys are just way too arrogant. I'm like, I'm going to need y'all to really calm down. Like you started off hot in the beginning of the season you started, you know, cooling off towards the end of the season, and now you think you're the shit because you beat up on a bunch of second and third stringers. All right, let me tell you something right now. Shut the f up for life. You better calm down because Arizona gonna bring that heat. Arizona beat you during the regular season, so I'm gonna need y'all to relax. All right, you didn't do anything against the Eagles. You truly didn't. All right, you you threw against Zach McPherson, and I don't know who the hell was the other corner off the top of my head. Like, let's be honest here. You didn't do anything. Your, your offense finally looked competent against backups and backups to backups. We didn't care about that game. We didn't give a damn. But yet still, you went out there and call yourselves, you know, fighting to win and you got to beat the Eagles and look how good we look. I'm telling y'all right now, you ain't that damn good. I ain't just saying this as an Eagles fan. I'm telling you as an analyst, I'm telling you the truth. You ain't that good. Start piping yourself up. Relax. That's all I'm going to tell you. You know too many Cowboys fans. Yeah, I know. Um, And getting into this game, because the buildup wasn't as special. I mean, it wasn't like Dallas week wasn't advertised everywhere on on social media like it usually is in the middle of the season. I should have told you. Um, And at the beginning of the season, we looked at this game, and I'm pretty sure all of us assumed that this would be a a playoff type of atmosphere game last game of the season maybe it's a win and in type of deal but no the eagles didn't have to worry about that nor did the cowboys going into this game and for some reason and i thought this was risk a risky play uh by the cowboys playing their starters for as long as they did i mean zeke was in there until i believe it was the middle of the third quarter at least i'm pretty sure i saw zeke still in there um a few starters were still in there and uh imagine if uh, one of those guys suffers an injury. I mean, was it even worth it? Um, exactly. yeah, but they were up by a lot, and they're still playing their starters. It just it didn't make sense to me. And, okay, the Cowboys, they, they, the fans, they can have their bragging rights, whatever. They, they won both games um, this year. Um, but, I mean, the Eagles are just focused on the playoffs. It, and this is somewhere that they were not expected to make it. They started 2-5. and five. Um, Nick Sirianni, the only um, first-time head coach this season to make to bring his team to the playoffs, which is definitely um, not expected from uh, you go in the press conference talking about his public speaking abilities, which never mattered. Um, And he still says some crazy weird stuff. Yeah, um, that where I mean, it's not like he changed over the time. It's still the same him. It's just he's been able to win. So it really just, pops out um, and it grows. They, they focus on it, but they're not scared about what he's saying because this team is winning. Yeah, I agree with you. Look, the Cowboys, to, to harp back on them real fast, 6-5 and five versus every opponent they faced outside of the division, 6-0 and oh in the division. Of course, they played all their starters throughout 
uh, except towards the very end of that football game. When you look back on it, I thought maybe the Eagles should play their starters at first, especially yeah. because the 49ers were a team that had an opportunity to lose, of course, playing a tough opponent in the Rams. And I thought the Eagles might be able to jump up and grab that sixth seed. But looking back on it, the 49ers won, obviously. So it turned out to be a good thing. The Eagles did not play their starters. But we have to touch on this team that we haven't mentioned yet, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course. Probably the opponent that I least wanted to see the Eagles play based on the fact that they're going to have to go on the road, of course, like how they were going to do regardless. But this time, it's not Matthew Stafford they're playing. It's not Kyler Murray. It's Tom Brady. And albeit you have Antonio Brown's antics all the field, he's now not a member of the Buccaneers, of course. And Chris Godwin tearing his ACL, probably their most productive receiver all year, along with Mike Evans. Leonard Fournette, still question if he will play. And a couple guys on the defensive side of the football for this playoff matchup, including Jason Pierre-Paul, his status still uncertain. So when you look at this game on paper, the Eagles underdogs, do you give them a realistic chance to win the football game? Here's the thing, and I, I, I give them a realistic chance to win. And it's only because of what they do best. And that is the run game. That, that, is their, that is the foundation of the team. That is the foundation of their offense. They run the ball well. As a result of running the ball, you possess the ball longer than, longer than the opposition. And you are able to keep the ball out of the opposing offense's hands. You're going to need to do that against Tom Brady. You don't want to give Tom Brady the ball, and you don't want to give him time with the ball. That's the last thing that you want to do. And I'm sorry. I know we said we wasn't going to take a whole lot away from this last game, but the defense still scares the shit out of me. It, it truly does. Like, one play, one of the end zone plays, the, the pass to the running back, I think it was Dak's fourth touchdown, and Jonathan Gannon dials up a cover four in, in the end zone. A, a, a cover damn four. That's the, one of the most conservative calls you can you can make in, in the end. When you play in defense, when you're calling defense, you can't do that. You can't do that against Tom Brady. I'm not confident in his defense from head to toe. I'm not confident in the pass rush. I am not confident in the linebackers to be able to contain Gronkowski. I am not confident. I'm not that confident in the DBs. I'm a little bit more confident in the DBs than that's probably the, where most of my confidence is. But I don't have confidence that the defensive coordinator is going to put everybody into a position where they're going to be able to succeed. That's my concern. So, as an offense, you've got to run the damn rock. Keep that ball on the ground. Keep that ball in the Eagles' offense's hands. Keep Tom Brady off the field. That's a strategy. If you do that, you have a chance of coming out of Tampa Bay and getting upset. Yeah, and one matchup I'm really going to be looking at is the Eagles' uh, running attack against this Buccaneers' defensive line, or their, their rush defense that has been in the number one in 2019, 2020, this year, not as great. But the way that the Eagles have picked up pace, I believe it was, what, after week seven, um, the Eagles really started running that ball, and that's the reason that they got that franchise ru- record, um, best uh, rush game in that franchise. Um, and they're in the record books because they finally, and Nick Sirianni finally heard the fans' chants, and I'm sure it wasn't just because the fans were chanting it. Um you have Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Gainwell. I mean, you have guys that that can run the ball, and they have such skill uh, in the backfield that they they can do what you need them to do. I mean, they're not the best. You look at other teams, of course, and comparing it to. But the way that this that the attack, the run attack, has been so hot for the Eagles um, going against this Buccaneers defense. I mean, you really have to prove your point against a, a good defense. Tire them out. Uh, keep running the ball. Don't run the ball and see that you only get a one yard or minus yard gain and then just revert to the passing game so quickly. Um, that That's the kind of play that's not going to get the Eagles past the Buccaneers. You already have Tom Brady on the other side throwing the ball, and that's really going on on my other uh, part of the game that I'm looking at is that offensive line for the Buccaneers um, and, and how they're going to be able to hold up against like Fletcher Cox and Hargrave and Barnett, a guy who, you know, it's very inconsistent with play. But um, you go for for their the Buccaneers' defense against this Eagles' offense, who they've been playing pretty strong, um, and they're obviously part and credit due to how the rushing attack has been successful for the Eagles. You have Vea and the Damakong Sioux. Um, 
who are just going to be very challenging for Jalen Hurts. Luckily, Jalen Hurts is mobile and can get away from um, the challenge. And real quick, it, it does seem as though, you know, one of the things that Max talked about during the course of the season was he wanted to see growth from the quarterback position, and particularly Jalen Hurts. And I think he pretty much echoed what most of the fan base in, in the city of Philadelphia wanted. And of course, everybody, you know, everybody wanted Jalen Hurts to improve. Everybody wanted Jalen Hurts to, you know, be a better quarterback and make better decisions with the football. And if you, if you look these past couple of games, I feel like he has, which is it. That's not something that you necessarily see too often. It's one thing to grow in the off season, makes leaps and bounds. That's typically what happens. But to see growth during a season is, is extremely rare. And you got to admit, you, you, you've seen some growth out of Jalen Hurts in these past couple I agree. games. Without a doubt, he's definitely grown um, in everybody's eyes for the most part. And you have to talk about the rushing attack, which has helped the Eagles not only from their running back room, but also Hurts himself. We had, I always think back to that game against the Saints where he had his three rushing touchdowns, massive performance for the Eagles. But for this game, to you talked about the Eagles needing to run the football and keep Brady on the sidelines. The reason I give the Eagles such a small margin of error here, of course, it's the playoffs and you can't make too many mistakes right. against Tom Brady, especially going on the road. But it's just they have such a slim margin to win this game for multiple reasons. One, the rushing defense for Tampa Bay is ranked number one in all of football. So in order to run the football, you have to, first of all, your offensive line has to play great, but it's not, it doesn't help that, Tanner, you mentioned it too, Vita Vea, Cords, Ndamukong Sue, right up front to block uh, the middle interior. So it's going to be hard to run the football, and you're not going to outshoot Tom Brady as far as passing. No. So you're already at a disadvantage to start with. So it's like, okay, are we going to run the football against this number one defense? Or are we going to try to air it out and just try to go uh, punch for punch with Tom Brady? Pick your poison because either one of those things you're at a disadvantage from the start with. So I think what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to see early on in this football game, can you establish a run? And can Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, if he plays, Jalen Hurts, I think is key in this football game. I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to just hand off to Jordan Howard and get five, six yards like they're able to do yeah. against the Giants and the Jets. I think you're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to do some movement on the outside. You're going to have to get Hurts out of the pocket and have Hurts run with his legs because I don't want to see Hurts get into a shootout battle with Tom Brady going punch for punch. It's not going to work. He, no. he hasn't done that all season. It hasn't been the Eagles' MO with Hurts throwing the ball 25 to 30 times a game. In fact, every time he seems to do that, the Eagles lose. So they're going to have to run it. The defense for the pa or for the uh, Patriots, the defense for the Buccaneers <laughs> is uh, – uh, there's pass defense is not great. Ranked 21st in the league as far as passing defense goes. So Hurts is going to have opportunities to hit Smith, Correct. to hit Dallas Goddard, of course. And those are going to be big plays. So I think if Hurts is able to get out of the pocket and score, he's going to have to score. I think Hurts is still going to have to run the football like he did at Alabama a ton. He's going to have to rush 10-plus times in this game if the Eagles want to have a shot, in my opinion. And also, yeah. they're going to have to make play. he's going to have to make plays with his arm. It's just all going to fall on Hurts. And I hate to say that because he's a young quarterback in this league, but he's going to have to play one of his best games of his career, rushing the football. And also, he's going to have – I'm not saying he has to go crazy through the air, but he's going to have to make a, a three or four – Great passes, uh, and you never know. Maybe late in the game, he's got to convert a third and ten. He's got to find Goddard on an out route. You know, some of those clutch, accurate passes I need to see out of Hurts in order to win this game. You ain't never yeah, definitely. I mean, and that that run game has to be successful. It's no, it has to be in some form successful because you can't depend on Jalen Hurts' arm. Albeit, there's been much improvement um, with his, his passing game. And that's, what's great about having a mobile quarterback. He's either, obviously, if he, if he gets into trouble, uh, no receivers open, he reverts to running the ball or he can even throw it away. I mean, he can do so much on, on the ground too. And we talk about how many rushing touchdowns he has. I mean, he's really been a weapon on this offense. And what I've, definitely think we will not see in this playoff game from Nick Sirianni is him trying to draw a play specifically for Quez Watkins or Jalen Rager. Um, he's tried to know. give them opportunities. Um, they failed for the most part. I mean, embarrassingly seeing um, JJ Ortega Whiteside drop that ball that hit him in the gut. I mean, that's, penalty or not. Um, and I, <laughs> they called a penalty on him the next play too. Um 
So it's just embarrassing. I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to see what weapons he has still on this team. And what that really proved is in this upcoming offseason, the Eagles are going to need a veteran wide receiver. And that's that's probably their their number one need to me right now is that uh, wide receiver. And I'm talking about free agency. The draft is a whole nother, another um, can of worms to dive into. But real quick, like the, the fourth matchup that I'm looking at is, and we already talked about Melada a little bit, but um, Barrett, how how much of a challenge is Shaquille Barrett going to gonna have on Melada? Um, and that's really going to make or break how this offense sort of progresses throughout the game and and how they get things going. To follow up what you're saying, not just Malata, you know, he's going to be matched up against because they move Shaq Barrett around. It's also going to be matched right. up against Lane Johnson. So him versus our tackles, Whoa. Shaq Barrett versus our tackles, that's really going to be a huge matchup. Last thing that you want to do is put yourself in a third and long situation that allows Shaq Barrett to be able to get off and to be able to just tee off on, on Jalen Hurts. That's the last thing that you want. you got to be able to get ahead in the sticks. I'm confident in the offensive line. I think the offensive line is going to do their thing. They've been doing their thing all season long, and I don't think this Tampa Bay defensive front is going to be uh, anything different. I know they're more talented than the defensive lines that the Eagles have faced previously, but even look at that Washington defensive line. They're, they're pretty solid. Eagles handled them pretty well in that Washington football game on Tuesday night at the link. I don't think that's going to be the story of this game. I think I'm confident the Eagles offensive line is going to do their thing, especially in pass protection. I'm curious though, can they create those holes and, you know, be able to run the football up the middle of the field? I'm not so sure about that. That's where the Hertz's play comes into question as far as what his arm and his accuracy. You turn that around, you look at the defensive end. This is where I think the game's going to be played. Can the Eagles get lucky? Yes, the keyword, lucky. They're going to need to get some luck if they want to win this game. Can they create some turnovers? Can they get a lucky fumble? Can, you know, Leonard Fournette, I think Leonard Fournette, if he misses this game, is huge because Ronald Jones is a massive step below the talent of Leonard Fournette, both running the football and his pass catching ability. So if you're able to not have to play Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones is the running back, I don't think he's going to have a huge role. If that's the case, I could see Brady throwing this football 40 to 50 times a game, and you only see Ronald Jones get eight to 10 carries just to keep the defense honest. So that's when the pressure is going to come on the defensive line. Can Josh Sweat, who give him credit, he's been playing great football the last couple of weeks. He's getting pressure on the quarterback, was great in that game against Washington on the road. Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave in the middle, they need to create pressure up the gut and just make Brady uncomfortable because I think our corners – Massive upgrade from last season. I think Slay's having a much better year. Steven Nelson's done his part um, to be productive, of course. And linebackers give TJ Edwards a lot of credit. Shine the spotlight on him real fast. He's been great uh, tackling-wise. He has a bunch of tackles. Same thing with Alex Singleton this year. You're not going to rely on them to be your stars of the defense. But they just have to be serviceable, most importantly, in coverage. I don't think I would send some blitzes in this game, but the way Tom Brady can sit back there and pick apart this defense I don't know if you – you know back in the Super Bowl, just to give you a quick example, the Eagles didn't blitz a ton. They were able to just get to Brady with four rushers and throw everybody back into coverage. Well, get to is, I is, think, is very is very nice, let's be honest here. Yes, and I think for the most part, you're going to have to just hope the defensive line can get pressure, make Brady uncomfortable, throw Singleton and Edwards back in coverage. I wouldn't bring a ton of blitzes in this game, um, and your defensive no. line has to help, along with Jalen Hurts being the number one reason the Eagles need to win or – for them winning, if they do, I think the defensive line will be number two. Honestly, I, I, I it's not even the defensive line that needs to be number two. Number two needs to be Jonathan Gannon, who, by the way, is being interviewed, well, has been asked to be interviewed by the Denver Broncos for their vacant head coaching position. God, please, somebody take him. Really? Yes. And the Bears. Breaking news to me. I don't, I don't no Bears. why. Oh, really, the Bears. Now, the Bears I didn't hear about. Bears yeah, I, Flores is. I would if I'm the Bears, Chicago Bears. Flores is the coach right away. I agree, but but back to Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon has been playing very conservative as of late. Uh, um, very conservative this entire season. Let's be honest here. We've all complained, especially me, about how soft this defense is, how passive it is, how basically quarterbacks are allowed to dink and dunk. I mean, let's be honest here. Against the good quarterbacks, I mean. The Eagles haven't beat a good a good quarterback with a winning record this entire season, partly in because of the defense. That's an issue. Tom Brady did a pretty good job against them in, during the regular season. So 
They're going to need to change that, change that around. Jonathan Gannon's going to have to figure something out. He cannot allow Tom Brady to just dink and dunk them, dunk the defense up and down the field. And that's exactly what Tom Brady is going to do. Tom Brady is patient. He's not going to, he's not going to throw into a coverage that he can't fit that ball into. It just doesn't make right. any sense for Brady. Brady's going to take his time if need be. He's going to be meticulous. All right. He's going to take his time if need be until he eventually he scores on your defense. So you got to come after Brady. And I agree with you, Max. The defensive line does need to step up. But Jonathan Gannon is going to need to dial some stuff up. He needs to bring some TE stunts. All right. These guys need to figure out somehow or some way how to get to Tom Brady. That's number one. Number two, Jonathan Gannon needs to step up his play calling. Are you guys okay with Jonathan Gannon accepting a head coaching job next season? Hell to the freaking yes. Get the hell up. Get go, please. Get there's plenty of defensive coordinators out there I can take. I'll I'll make Mike Zimmer my defensive coordinator. I can make Brian Flores my defensive coordinator. Get the hell out. Go on. Please. Yes. I don't care if he leaves. All right. Just get out. All right. Get out. I don't yeah. care. T, he hasn't been great this year. I, I will agree with you. It's Jonathan Gannon hasn't been that great of a defensive coordinator. I think at times the defensive players have just been good. Like we've improved defensively this year. The the talent, the the people taking steps forward in their second, third, fourth years in this football league. I think I'm not going to give a ton of credit to Gannon. I think it's just more of a lot of the same talent that we've seen last year, but people just taking steps forward. I, I've seen a massive increase in the play from Darius Slay. Not to rhyme anything there, but a massive increase in play from Darius Slay. Steven Nelson, I was skeptical skeptical early on. A couple of plays early in the season, I think he even had one a couple weeks ago where I was just like scratching my head like, what are you doing? But for the most part, he's been fine. He's been a serviceable cornerback. And Avante Maddox, Man, give him a lot of credit. I was harping on him all in the offseason. I thought he was you terrible. Hated and he Marcus. was terrible. Take give me sucking to defend myself. He was terrible as an outside corner. Oh, yeah. Absolutely I said the same the thing. Absolutely. Lot yes. corner, much different scenario. And he's been solid. So I don't know if it's uh, Jonathan Gannon credit. I don't think it is. I think it's more just the players being more talented. I uh, yeah, it's it's the players being more talented. In the case you yeah, do you think do you think Darius Slay is over there saying, Oh yeah, all credit to Gannon? <laughs> um, for, you know, I doubt it. And my name is Big Play Slay. I make big plays. All right, I did to hell with Jonathan Gannon. Yep. In case y'all didn't get my message, man, get the f- out. That was for Jonathan. Gannon. I will drive him to the Philadelphia International Airport. All right, personally myself. Real quick, I want to bring up something. This is not to do with the Eagles anymore, All right. but um, it does have to do with the NFL, and it's about um, Max's favorite quarterback. Carson Wentz and how he performed <laughs> against yes. the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's we talk, to about, talk that about this. Yes. Carson Wentz is not in the playoffs. Jalen Hurts is. They want to see. Carson Wentz just had to win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Max, let, let's let, let's hear some explanation about this. Uh, a huge Carson Wentz fan. I believe it was in October or something. You posted a QB one Carson Wentz uh, photo on your story. Uh, let's give you some time to explain yourself because the Eagles are in the playoffs, three first round draft picks, thanks to one of Carson Wentz. Um, let's let's hear some explanation. Yeah, you dumbass. Well, I think for me, that first of all, talking about this Jacksonville Jaguars game, Carson Wentz did not have a good. He didn't play well. I mean, there's no way around it. He didn't have a good football game. A couple of atrocious turnovers. Jacksonville played yes. this game like I. I mean, and I've for whatever reason, I don't don't ask me why. I've watched the Jaguars play a decent amount this year. This is the first time where I've seen them come out and they were like, this is like a Super Bowl for us. I mean, they played aggressively. This is the best Jaguars game that they've played since they played the Bills and beat Buffalo back in like week six, seven, eight, whatever it was. I mean, that game, you had Jonathan Allen, the defensive lineman, just go off in that game. They were getting pressure. And the Colts offensive line, you guys know, the Colts offensive line is great. They, The Jaguars were teeing off on the Colts offensive line. Jonathan Taylor, unable to get much going on the ground. And they just dug themselves too deep of a hole early on. Their turnovers came at the absolute worst time for Carson Wentz because they had three points. It was only, I think it was like 13 to three or 10 three, a couple of bad turnovers. And listen, give Jacksonville credit. They took advantage of it. I think they went up 23 to three at one point and Wentz just didn't play well. But I will say this as well. Uh, the what, about, what about Frank Wright? When you talk about a coach, and this, this is to anybody, really, this is to everybody in Philadelphia. Everybody was saying, we need Frank Reich back. 
Let's get Frank right. We need him to win a Super Bowl. The guy has an ultra-talented offensive line. Jonathan Taylor, arguably close to being the MVP. And the guy's not even going to the playoffs. Where's all the Frank Reich hey, hey, love Tanner. at now from Philly fans? Hey, Tanner, attack me in, attack me in, attack me in. I can answer this. Attack me in, attack me in. Go ahead, I got T. you, I got you, I got you. Let me tell you something. All right, Carson Wentz is trash. All right, as a Carson, as a former Carson <laughs> Wentz fan, Carson Wentz is trash. All right. Let me the, let me the add the stats that, to help to help you out a little bit. All right, more. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. 17 go ahead, go ahead. of 29, one touchdown, one interception. He did have two thrown interceptions in a row. Yes. I think it was called back. Yeah. Um, or, or something like that. Uh 185 yards. That's 74 percent uh quarterback rating. Gardner Minshew, 19 of 33 against the starting defense for the most part, up against the Cowboys. Two touchdowns, one interception, 186 yards. 81% uh, rating. So, T, continue. All right, thank you. Thank, thank you for providing what, what I basically said is in, in the continuation. Is that Carson Wentz sticks. All right, and the fact that, Max, you're sitting here and making excuses for this man is absolutely unacceptable on your behalf. All right, I am disappointed in your analysis of Carson Wentz. All right, how dare you? All right, try to blame this on Frank Wright. Does Frank Wright play a part in this? Yes. However, last season... The Indianapolis Colts was able to go to the playoffs with the, I thought Tom Brady was immobile. Phillip Rivers couldn't move for shit last season, but yet and still, they still went to the playoffs. All right. You have a supposed club, damn near former MVP quarterback on your squad. Now you are Carson Wentz was in a quarterback's dream. All right. You have a dynamic damn near MVP candidate, Jonathan Taylor. MVP candidate running back, hell of a running game, solid offensive line, solid offensive line, decent receivers. You have a top 10 defense, but you still can't take the team to the playoffs. That's not on Frank Reich. That's not on Jim Irsay, the owner. That's straight up on Carson Wentz. He stinks. He was saying he was like blindsided about that loss and and everything that goes into that and i'll admit jaguars were playing good i mean the jaguars and the lions were playing as if they didn't want that first overall pick because the lions um i believe the jaguars game was finished first so the jag the the lions could see that the jaguars won and they could maybe you know drop it to to the packers didn't happen though um, but yeah, Carson Wentz, I mean, he was not looking good up there at all. And I know that those same Carson Wentz fans are going to be looking ahead to this Buccaneers matchup and putting all this pressure on Jalen Hurts. Um, and depending on how Jalen Hurts plays, they're going to be saying, uh, let's draft a quarterback. Let's pick up a quarterback. I mean, let, let's be real. This is the playoffs. This is Jalen Hurts' first time in the postseason. We had to wait a while to see Carson Wentz in the postseason. And when he did, he played for a quarter. Now I'll be I in. Mean, it's, L- listen, listen. It's crazy. I mean, I mean he did get knocked. The last, T, the last couple weeks of the season for Carson Wentz were not good. All right, you talk about the Jaguars game, of course, want to harp on that, fine. The loss to the Raiders, not great either at home. But before then, you talk about beating the Patriots. You talk about beating the Cardinals on the road on Christmas night. Max, Max, that wasn't about Carson Wentz. That was about Jonathan Taylor and the defense. Jonathan Taylor – as the season progressed, started to become more heavily involved in offense, no doubt. you got to look back at the first half of the season where he he's always been involved heavily. But the game plan, clearly, the last five, six, seven weeks of the season, give Jonathan Taylor 25 to 30 carries a game. They're not asking Wentz right. to do too much with that. That's what I'm they saying. Lose, they lose when um, JT doesn't rush for more than 100 yards. They lose. That's saying something. Almost every time. That's a detriment to your quarterback. The fact that you have to run the football – Okay, admittedly, we we already said this about Jalen Hurts. But the fact that you got to run the football that much to cover up your quarterback's mistakes, that's an issue. Carson Wentz is what? In his sixth year at this point? There should be no there's no excuses for him. Right. There's no training for Carson, Carson Wentz. Anymore isn't thought of a super mobile quarterback that can really that can really juke out defenders and and stuff like that. For the most part, he needs to stick in the pocket now because of his injury history. Um, I mean, he doesn't do that. Either way, but yeah, again, T. Jonathan Taylor, when you keep handing the ball off and, and you usually only win when this guy runs for more than 100 yards, that's saying something. Let's go back to week five, Colts, Ravens, Monday Night Football. Wentz, 25 of 35. Loves going in the pass. Loves going in the pass. 400, excuse me, not 300. 402 yards, two touchdowns, pass rating of 128. Jonathan Taylor in that game, 
only 15 carries for 53 yards. Okay, did so, they? And they're still not in the playoffs. Playoffs, Carson <laughs> Wentz stats. My <laughs> thing is, the beginning of the season, Wentz was relied on more heavily in the game plan to throw the ball with his arm and be part of the offense as we're going through Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, your complimentary guy. As the season went on, let's look forward here. I'm not, I don't want to take up too much airtime with this, but you look forward in re- weeks after that. Colts, week seven, for example, they go on the road to San Francisco, and this is when Jonathan Taylor starts to become more heavily involved in the offense, but Wentz is still there, 17-26 to 26 for Carson Wentz. 150 yards passing. He had two touchdowns. Remember, it was raining that night in San Francisco. Jonathan Taylor, eight, only 18 carries in that game. He had 107 yards, of course, because he's just a stud. But it's not until they got to weeks 10, 11, 12, where you started to see Taylor get near 30 carries a game. They just didn't ask once to do a ton the last five, six weeks of the season. But you got to look the whole season big picture here. Yes, the Carson ones played poorly in that Jacksonville game. He was awful in that Jacksonville game. But that's not the, you can't just sit up here and say Carson Wentz is trash. Because big picture, he had a good season overall, just didn't end the way he wanted it to. Yeah, I can't right, Carson Wentz is not good. I won't say he's complete trash. I won't go as far yeah. as he has gone with his criticism. But Carson Wentz, um, he hasn't played good enough to get his team in the playoffs, and Jalen Hurts has. Um, it's as simple as that. Um, and Listen. Carson Wentz, you can go ahead and say, oh, Carson Wentz, quarterback one. But when you go back in time, um, which I know you like doing, and you compare <laughs> for the starting quarterbacks, who would you who would you think this team would be more successful as if we're considering a new coach as in Nick Sirianni um, and all that right now? You got to love the progression that Jalen Hurts has made in just his first season starting here and how long we had to take for Carson Wentz, finally get him to the playoffs, albeit he did play a huge part in that Super Bowl season. No doubt about it but he did not finish. Jalen Hurts, hopefully, hopefully is able to play decently enough in this playoff game. And I'm not saying a win or anything, but enough to show the Eagles that he is the guy, at least for the next season. Agreed. Agreed. I, I can yeah. completely agree with that. But Matt, Cars, man, Max, I, I, Max, you're a smarter dude than that. I, I understand hey, that you're trying to bring out, up the hey. pass. You're trying to bring up the past. You guys are, you guys are bringing up the past. You're, you're highlighting one or two weeks out of an entire 18-week season. But Max, we're highlighting the most important game. Yes, of the, of the Colts season, and the and the thing and, of it is, the most important game, Carson Wentz did not step up to the plate and do what he needed to do. The team is out of the well playoffs. This, he didn't play. He didn't play well. Listen, you're getting no argument from me. Yeah, okay, he didn't play well in this last game, but you can't just say Carson Wentz is trash after what he's done all the way through the whole regular season because he didn't play well in one game. To get to the playoffs, Max, you could have took the Colts. T, T the- let's get let's get your final word in here because we're just going to keep going in a circle. Right. Um, T and Max, and and Max, you get your your last final word, and then we're going to move on to that Antonio Brown fella. Oh God, Max! At the end of the day, look, I don't understand why, you, how, or why you still support Carson Wentz. And listen, remember, I was the main guy Carson Wentz's last year that continued to defend him from you two. But now, I, but now I'm attacking him, and now with me and Tanner are attacking you, and you're the only one that's defending him. There's no defending that Carson Wentz has not stepped up to the plate when it matters the most. He had an opportunity to really, he had an opportunity to take his team to the playoffs and really change the mindset of not only the not only the people here in Philly. But the people out there in Indianapolis, do you know there's articles out there right now in the scenarios that people are trying to come up with to figure out how the hell the front office can get rid of Carson Wentz? That's a problem. That's an issue. Oh. All right. And also just want to add in the drama that he brought to the team um, in the beginning, not being able to practice with the team because of that injury. And then, the you know, the vaccine drama, all that, blah, blah, blah. That adds to it, too, in, in some form of way. But we're talking about Carson Wentz, the player right now. Max, your final say on Carson Wentz. Well, I mean, my, my final thought on Carson Wentz is you look at one game against Jacksonville Jaguars where he didn't play well to get their team into the playoffs. I understand that 100%. You can say that all you want. Back when he was healthy, before all the injuries, he got the Eagles to the playoffs. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Last season, a 4-12 and Eagle team weren't great. You can't highlight him in that scenario. Of course, the whole team didn't play well. This year, you look back even weeks eight against the, against the Tennessee Titans. Wentz threw 51 times. Threw 51 times, he threw for 231 yards, three touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, only 16 carries for 70 yards in that game. 
the per, the week after that, go to week nine, Thursday night football against the Jets. Carson Wentz, let's look at the numbers. 27 of 41, 317 yards, three touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor had a great game, 19 carries only. But my whole point is Jonathan Taylor from weeks 10, 9, 10 forward became an enormous part of that offense compared to where he was previously with only 15 to 19 carries per game and now getting up near that 30 touch per game mark. It's simple. The offense from Frank Wright just changed once Jonathan Taylor continued to take step-by-step-by-step to improve. And when it resulted in the end, Carson Wentz did not do enough against the Jaguars to earn to earn the right to go to the playoffs. Didn't win, win all right, all right. Antonio Brown. Let's <sighs> let's bring him into the mix. I'm here to tell I you right now. there was now. a commercial break. We don't after, care. Uh, that Carson Wentz segment so we could um, simmer down a little bit, talk about Antonio Brown, a topic that we're all pretty much still – um, questioning because I mean it's a bunch of AB says um, Bruce Arians says kind of stuff like that Mike Evans was a little bit in the mix talking to AB on the sideline but let's go over this uh, timeline as of recently I'm not going to go over the whole Raiders Steelers type of drama but let's start with that three-week suspension Antonio Brown received after having a fake vaccine card um, he's putting his team at risk uh, potentially because he um, f- uh, pretended that he had the vaccine and that he was vaccinated and stuff like that. We're not going to get into that specifically because next, while he's going through the suspension, he is dealing with ankle injuries uh, and ankle injury. He There's proof. He actually showed the text messages he sent to Bruce Arians. Um, that was sort of going into the week that he was going to be eligible to play again after that suspension. Um, Bruce Arians, he, he, he replies to him. He says, you know what, if you're good to play, you know, let me know, blah, blah, blah. We still like to have you on the sideline, all that stuff. It looked like they had a, a mutual agreement to that decision. He, uh, Antonio Brown didn't practice that Thursday, Friday. Um, game day, January 2nd. In the third quarter, Antonio Brown runs off the field. No shirt on, waving to the crowd. Um, and just it's something that none of us have ever seen before. Anyone really has ever seen that before. Uh, mid-game, this happened. Um, the, the mystery starts happening about the conversations that happened on the sideline. Um AB said that Bruce Arians did a gesture at his throat, said, you're done. Um, And then that's when AB took off um, his pads, his jersey, because he said that he had nothing. He wanted nothing to do with the Buccaneers logo or anything like that. That's why he took off the shirt. He admitted later that he would have that was unnecessary to do. And and he realizes that he's on the full set and the Nelk boys. Uh, podcast, um, Pat McAfee show talking about this because they have sources close. And then more drama drops than Antonio Brown snuck a woman into the hotel room. Uh, previous to this game, his hotel room is near Tom Brady. Supposedly, TB found out about this woman and he was not happy about that. This woman ended up having COVID um, after uh, she left. It's an outrage. And I mean, this is a mess and we're not surprised that Antonio Brown is involved. However, we have to realize that this also has to do with mental health um, and stuff like that. So albeit the the situation that happened on the field, uh, I know that was all over social media. You have to recognize that this is also a person uh, involved in this and he realized his actions um, said he would do differently. But let's talk about this Buccaneers team, because if these uh, rumors from Antonio Brown are true, that he is practically forcing Antonio Brown to play on the field. And um, and when he said he didn't want to play, that's how this whole conversation happened with you're done. Get out of here. That's a real problem if he's forcing hurt players. And, and I know the Buccaneers know this is a problem because after the game, Bruce Arians said Antonio Brown is no longer a buck. And they waited two or three more days after that to finally release him. I think they're sort of trying to cover up their tracks, make sure they had enough proof just in case um, this wanted to go to court, the situation, uh, contract instrumental um, and stuff like that. I mean, this is a sticky situation for sure. 
I think this is a very a, a very interesting and a very dicey um, situation that's been going on with Antonio Brown and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And look, I, we're on record of saying this basically that Antonio Brown is an ass clown from you know his previous uh, his previous um, confrontations. And but but with, with this, it, it's a little bit more suspicious. And I'm not I'm not saying that I totally agree with oh, no I I don't. 100% agree with how Antonio Brown is approaching all of this and the rumors that's coming out. But I can't help to think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers also screwed him over as well. Because if you look, even if, if you look at the injury report, cause I have, I looked at the injury report up to that New York jets game. He was listed on the injury list with an ankle injury. There were some days where he was a limited participant. That ankle was bothering him. That's documented. So it was true. He had ankle issues. Do right. I th- and I think that, uh, real quick, I think mm-hmm. that Bruce Arians quote was kind of blown out of proportion, saying that he did not know about the ankle injury. He had to have known, and That's I think it. he was talking about he did not know that it was a problem in this game, uh, considering that AB was suited up. Uh, I think that's sort of where the disconnect goes with the quote um, misinterpreting um if he is lying because Antonio Brown sent the text messages. I mean, this is a whole thing and they had mics and players were mic'd up on the sideline during the situation. And the reason that these are not released yet is interesting. I agree with you. Um, I think the NFL is going to investigate this entire thing. And I think we're fine. We are going to get the truth because like you said, there were, there were players that was mic'd up during this, during this whole thing. So we're going to get, I think we are going to, we're going to get the entire truth, but there's just something suspicious going on. And I agree with you that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are probably going to be looked at real hard about this. Because if you look at the timeline, Bruce Arians right after the game straight up said he's done, he's no longer a Buccaneer, but it did take them two, three days to officially release him. You know, that's, that's a little funny. If if you say that a player is done and he's done, cut him, get rid of him. But it took you a couple of days. So for me, I feel like the team, and this is just this is just speculation from from my end. I feel like the team was trying to search for a reason just in case this thing, like you said, Tanner, goes to court or the NFL starts to investigate. I think they tried to find a reason to justify getting rid of Antonio Brown because of this whole situation. Now, once again, Antonio Brown is an ass clown. All these things that are coming out, all the things that he's done in the past, he's an ass clown. Let's be honest here. So his like his reputation kind of takes a hit and you, and it kind of makes you question a whole lot of things, but in this situation, does his reputation take a hit though? It, I mean, this is sort of the same kind of reputation he's been keeping. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's like left the Steelers. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like his reputation is basically shot, but right. how many chances is he going to get? How many, how many oh, more chances? Done. Is he even going to get an, another chance? No, in the NFL, he's done. What is he? 32, 33 Super years gremlin. Old? Super gremlin. Um, and he went after he left the game, he just went and recorded a few songs. Uh, Meek Mills involved in the um, in this album he's trying to put together. I mean, it seems like Antonio Brown uh, sort of uses situation a little bit as a publicity stunt. I'll be he's already in the NFL. He's already a known player in the NFL, but just right. bringing attention to maybe his music also could be a reason for this little outburst. He knew that the Buccaneers. Um, well, he says the Buccaneers did not want to give him that incentive he needed. That's bullshit. So and so catches for so many so and so yards. That's bullshit. Uh, he's he brings Tom Brady um, into this, saying that he's only his friend because Antonio Brown is good at football. Um, it, to me, the situation. I mean, Tom Brady took this man into his house. Um, he kind of you know made sure that he was in the right mindset, and he is the biggest reason Antonio Brown is a Super Bowl champion. I mean, it's the thanks to the Buccaneers uh, giving him that chance. Um, Bruce Arians wasn't on board with that chance, too. So um, you sort of look at it like that in this situation as well. Um, he let Tom Brady have his guy. Um, and, and this season, it definitely did not work out. He had a moment of silence for himself on that Full Send podcast, by the way. He held a moment of silence for himself uh, for his career um, on that podcast. So he's – I mean – I don't know if he's fully affected by this yet. He said he wants to come back, play football. I don't know if it's a chance. 
he probably will. There probably will be a team out there, uh, which is kind of crazy. He's just making his way around the league. You guys make both great points. I think listening to both you guys go back and forth on this subject is great points. Definitely problems on both sides here. Shortly, uh, a small amount to the Buccaneers because I personally think teams do this all the time. I think teams have a guy on the injury report say, hey, get your ass out there and start playing. We need you to today. You know, we need you to get out there and right. play. And some guys mentally, they'll be like, yeah, sure. Like, I understand, like, people understanding the situation. If you physically can't play, you physically can't play. And guys, for the most part, if they have a good reputation, uh, good connection with the coach, good connection with the GM, say, hey, I might hang pretty mad about their because I'm my, my teammates now. Antonio Brown is not about team. Antonio Brown's about Antonio Brown, in my opinion. And if somebody says, hey, get out there and play, just like they would with Mike Evans, probably, or Chris Godwin. And Antonio Brown, instead of saying, okay, I want to go out there for my teammates and ball out, he's going to say, oh, you know what? Maybe I could just say, uh, well, they're forcing me to play. They're forcing me to do this. I mean, that's illegal, blah, blah, blah. And then it turns into a whole political thing with Antonio Brown. But for the most part, you say – Antonio Brown said that he was a main one of the main reasons why the Buccaneers were able to make that playoff run and then win yeah. a Super Bowl. Right. He didn't play in the Packers-NFC championship game when Tom Brady beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field. He had five catches for 22 yards in the Super Bowl. If he doesn't catch that touchdown pass, what did he really do? You know, five catches for 22 yards. He got a lucky. I mean, anybody, if you remember the play, it was like a literally a five-yard out route in the end zone. I mean, yeah. it wasn't anything spectacular. It looked like he was just trying to give him a touchdown pass. Exactly, it, it exactly. Like was... So did he really, like, help the Buccaneers win a Super Bowl? Not really. They were going to win the Super Bowl anyway. Everybody who watched the Super Bowl, exactly. said Tampa Bay was the better team. So you can't really name that argument. Then, on top of that, your tenor, you mentioned him bringing a woman into his hotel room and things like that. And that was brushed under the rug. No one mentioned that. that didn't come out until after this whole spiel went down with him leaving. I'm sure we wouldn't have heard right. about that if Antonio no. Brown, you know what I mean? So you can't just say, hey, Tom Brady's not looking out for me, only, or, or he's only looking out for me because I'm a good football player. Like he's, yeah. he's brushing, and him and Arians brushing the things after things under the rug. And like now yeah. you say, hey, you only like me because I'm a football player. Well, you're bringing girls into your hotel room. You're spreading COVID and whatnot. And like all of a sudden, like now we're like the bad guys because we're not like supporting you, even though you just threw your shoulder pads into the crowd and things like that. So, and then on top of that, the next day you're going to go on a podcast and just start talking shit about everything. Like you can't just be like mature about it and just kind of talk to your agent and put out a yeah. press release statement. You're going to have to go on a podcast and just start, you know, flying dirty air up there. Like, I just think the whole thing is just ridiculous. Yeah. I, will, I will say that he was um, mature and professional in a way where he did not want to put words in other people's mouth uh, during that full send um, because um, one of the guys interviewing him was talking about, well, why did they do this? Why did they say this to you? And he said he didn't, you know, he, he's not going to answer that because he doesn't know why that person would say that or, um, or act like that. But I, I mean, yeah, going back. But why to, even say? Why even go on this in the first place? Right. Like, why? Like any other mature right. receiver player. The music. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking the music. Uh, he he knows he's not playing football anymore, um, as this season at least. Um, and I mean, he's already moved on to the music. I mean, he left MetLife and went to the studio. Like he, this was planned, right? Or like something he didn't like even that. There, like it's already out the and window. What, right. What's not clear to me is so Antonio Brown. In the beginning of this situation, I don't think it's much of a, a topic uh, right now, considering all the other stuff we brought up. But if Antonio Brown wanted that incentive and was saying that the Buccaneers were trying to keep him from that, but Bruce Arians was telling him to go out on the field and Antonio Brown didn't want to go out on the field, right. I don't. it doesn't make sense to me. It, it sounds like Antonio Brown was keeping himself off the field, albeit he was injured. But either way, how is that the Buccaneers keeping Antonio Brown away? Um, from from making that extra money. Um, and my final point here, um, because, T, I, I know you want to talk on this topic, is um, you're exactly right, Max. If this Antonio Brown thing doesn't happen, uh, we're not hearing about this James Brown-type girl who s mysteriously sneaks past security on the elevators, on the stairs, the desk. Uh, I mean, how, how does she get into an NFL ho hotel, um, a hotel that has – floors reserved for nfl players how does she sneak in and, and get into a room i just I, I don't get that either i think this entire thing is like it, it's 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 a bunch of he says she said and it's eventually we're going to come to a resolution about this entire thing i think ab is a, i think ab is a bullshitter i do think that 
he he did play an unnecessary part in this, and I do think the Buccaneers do have something to do with this. I agree to, I agree that these rumors is coming out now that AB, you know, is has been released by the Buccaneers. Maybe that's Arians and Brady, you know, hiding those things. And the fact that the rumor, the rumor that came out about, you know, Brady, you know, not not getting Antonio Brown his touches to get the incentive. That's bullshit. Brady on purpose will throw to you to, for you to get your bonuses. That's, that's been proven in the past. So, I don't think well, we saw quick, it with Gronk. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I don't think t- Antonio Brown's beef should be with Tom Brady. I think it should be with the ownership no. of the GM. But that's what, what I'm because... saying. But see, that's and I was just about to get into that. Like, why, why are you beefing with Brady? Brady gave you a not Brady gave you a chance twice. Once with the Patriots and then once again with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he gave you two opportunities to prove yourself because of how talented you are, but you still want to blow it and be a dumbass. That's on you. I'm sorry. Like it, but to give credit to kind of bring this conversation to a close, bring this topic to a close, you got to (laughs) give man, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whoo. You got to give them credit. You got to to put up with that for nine years. And to, you got to give the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin credit to be able to keep that man in check for nine years, y'all. Nine years, no rumors, no nothing came out until Antonio Brown left Pittsburgh. You got to give them are all types of credit. Putting this, um, how Antonio Brown has been acting on, you know, CTE and that hit that he suffered. Ball in the Steelers in that in it's that Bengals game, um, they're they're kind of putting that on that too, but w- we won't really know um, yeah. the reason for that specifically. But I mean, this whole situation is just crazy, and Antonio Brown is bringing people. Uh, he's beefing with people that don't just don't even need to be involved, like like chefs. He he didn't pay a bill earlier in the season. I think as as payback, this chef. Um, kind of said that, you know, Antonio Brown's vax card is completely fake. Um, and then he's beefing with a chef. He's beefing with Tom Brady's trainer saying that this guy, you know, owes him money. Well, I don't know if it was Tom Brady's trainer. It was someone connected with Tom Brady um, working out with uh, Antonio Brown. He, he owed him thousands of dollars or something like that. Um, but th- yeah, this situation's crazy. It is. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I know we got to wrap this up real fast here. I also want to touch on the Sixers, obviously, to wrap this up. Of course, seven in a row, Tanner, uh, and see, they're playing good basketball. One of the big things that have come out recently, and when I say recently, I mean the last, like, two days, Sixers are now trying to include Tobias Harris in these Ben Simmons trades, if I'm hearing things correctly. That's the first time I think I've heard that Tobias Harris being involved. Um, I mean, Tobias Harris has had an up-and-down season compared to last season. He's um, had an awful season, too. And he's, he's, Call it how it is. He's, he's, not, he's nowhere near. But let's be honest, and, and, I'm not, and I'm not making excuses for Tobias, but he did have COVID in the beginning of the year, and we and it's been well-documented that COVID Wentz had does. COVID, too, man. Like, Wentz had but listen, COVID. But listen to me, Max. Listen to me. Let me finish. COVID does have a history of affecting certain players. Stop. I'm only teasing you, too. Hey, yeah, don't do that. Don't jackass. Anyway, <laughs> shoot. So – I think that I think Tobias Harris is now starting to get his shit together. And look, if he it gets included in the trade, depending on what we get back, I'll, I'll like I said, I, God, I, Tanner, I go off, Tanner. Go I don't off. think. Listen, Ben Simmons ain't getting. When was traded. the last time Tobias Harris has been a reason the Sixers won the game? He's not, but he's not that type of player. If you really, he's getting paid to be that type of player, but he's not. He's, that a, type of he's an NBA basketball player. Tell you what, do you want him to just stand on the court and when the fans boo him, say, oh, "Okay, yeah, boo me." But when I make one layup, uh, you know, don't don't cheer when uh, when this team's winning and you paid money to come see uh, the team win and, and me score. Don't cheer because you booed me in the past. Like that's bullshit. Furky, this guy, Furky Corkbus is a basketball player not, too. You don't see how him. many seasons do we? How many seasons do we have to talk about Tobias Harris not playing up to standard? The amount of money. Uh, while we have guys like Jimmy Butler, who was on this team, Miami Heat play he played uh, great, um, uh, but and this team has surely missed him since Jimmy Butler's departure. We have Ben Simmons, who's focused on wedding planning and not playing in the NBA. I mean, this team—it's surprising that they've won seven in a row, and each of those games, Joel Embiid 
has scored 30-plus points. Joel Embiid's the reason this team is where they are, and he needs help. I mean, Seth Curry's not playing in this game. I believe he has uh, ankle soreness or, or something. Um, but, I, I mean, when you look at this team, who are the top three players, T? Name them. Embiid. The top three performing players. Top three performing players. Embiid and Embiid, honestly. Like, like you can throw throw Seth Curry up in there, but it's Embiid, Embiid, Embiid. Let's be honest here. Right, Uh, and and the whole reason for this team, for bringing Daryl Morey in here, is to build this team to be a playoff contending uh, team, uh, which, I mean, they still they still can make the playoffs. Yeah, they can. But where are they going to go? I'm sick and tired of a second-round exit. I'm sick and tired of it. Um, and when you go now minus the player who's really whose fault it was that the Sixers did not advance against the Hawks, um, who do you have? I mean, it, it's surprising to see that this team is where they are because, for the most part, I stopped watching the 76ers for a little bit because of the way that they were playing, uh, how Joel Embiid was sort of just trapped in Philadelphia. I mean, he loves he loves the crowd. Um, he, he loves the way the fan base is. But come on, give this big man some help. Let him be able to sit out a game or two and still play the rest of the games at the end of the season so he can be an, an actual MVP candidate and win. I mean, right now, this guy is just running his motor so high that he's going to be tired out by the second half of the season. I agree, but that see, all falls see. on Daryl Moore. I'm gonna I'll close this down with this final point here. I think one thing I've heard, John Collins once out of Atlanta. I know he's a guy that's pretty talented. Cam Reddish has been packaged in a mock trade with uh, with the Sixers and the Hawks. But listen, also Clay Thompson comes back, so does this really matter? The Warriors are gonna go, you know, a hundred and other next hundred games probably. <laughs> but my thing is, listen. My thing is this. I think there's four guys on this team that I would keep right now. Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thybul, and Joel Embiid. Everybody else, I, I may be throwing Andre Drummond, who, listen, give him credit, been very cheap backup center. He's been very solid in that role. But right. Other than that, I'm starting to get worried about Ben Simmons. And it's not because of the Wait, trade. You're starting or starting to? Like I'm starting to get worried about the Sixers need to find a trade partner, and they're trying to trade him. But I'm starting to think they need to pull the trigger on something because – Ben Simmons hasn't played a basketball game in how long now at this point? And mentally, he doesn't even care. Like, he, he is, he's not fighting through an injury and he needs to get back into the swing things. And he's like, I got to get back on the court. Like, the guy does not care. People are going to, teams are going to start noticing that and saying, well, this guy's not even, I mean, maybe he's in the gym, maybe he's not. Who knows? Tanner said he's focused on wedding planning. He has no yeah. mentality and no mindset of, I'm hungry to get back on the court and play NBA basketball again. I think the Sixers need to get rid of this guy ASAP. Get whatever you can for him. Just get him off of the roster before it's too late because it's getting to that point. I was about to say this man. man's losing tons of money, and I know we had to wrap this up. Yeah. He's losing tons of money. Um, I believe it's like what three hundred thousand dollars. He doesn't a even game. care. He doesn't even care. And though. he's apparently going bankrupt. But he's just buying. He just bought an engagement ring. Uh, proposed on. I believe it was on Christmas. Um, how original. Um, but like, I mean, Max, you're right. Is this guy even going to play basketball anymore? I'm it gonna, it, it I'm really doesn't look like this. he cares. I'm they need to get him out of Philly now, T. They All need right. to do it because he's just going to, like, he's just sitting in a home chilling. Like, he's not even an NBA player anymore. So, to correct some of y'all, um, at this point, um, I think it's been about a couple days now, but there's a, there was a report that came out that he's not getting fined anymore because he's participating in the uh, the meetings and things okay. of that nature, so he's not getting fined anymore. In terms of him being virtually, and yeah, like, I, is he physically? I don't going know. to the meetings. I don't know. I just got the details that he's attending the meetings and things like things of that nature. Now, in terms of him being broke, that's not true. He's not broke. All right, he could sell one of his cars, one of his Lambos, and boom, he's right back at it. He's not broke. Yep. So forget about that rumor too. But exactly, this all falls on Daryl Morey, like. And Joel Embiid is having, once again, and another MVP-like season. And if you don't get Joel Embiid help, then guess what? Daryl Morey's not the general manager that we all thought he was. And Doc Rivers uh, really He's going to get him help, too. He's going to get him help. The Sixers just won a game last night where Isaiah Joe played 25 minutes. That tells you something. Yeah, that's Isaiah true. Joe's we got a guy by the name of Charlie Brown on the Sixers court, too. Just just saying. There is he a man tw- on he the Sixers. 22 minutes. He played 22 minutes last night. See, we're winning games in the NBA with Charlie Brown playing 22 it's minutes. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I, I, like, all you got to do is get, like, one or two pieces. And this team, listen, if the matchups fall right and you can avoid the Bucks or the Nets in the first or second round, 
and play the Bulls. The Bulls have already won, or the, the Sixers have already beaten them three times this year. So if the matchups fall right, this team can go three to times in a row. So I'm saying it's it's possible. Yeah, it's possible, but you better better bring some players around and beat. You better do Miles Powell. 20 minutes. Who's Miles Powell take? Oh, shit, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> we'll be honest with you. Shoot, let's wrap this thing up before you before you describe another player that I don't freaking know. All right, you guys have been seeing this episode. You can always go to Philly Dash Experience. That's simplecast.com. Available on all major downloadable platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. The entire Shabazz look. Uh, I understand the six need to do something, but if y'all think Ben Simmons is... It, this Ben Simmons drama is far as far from over. It ain't. All right. This drama's gonna continue. In my opinion, I don't think he's gonna get traded this year. Wow. Sorry. I'm embarrassed. I want winners. Cause that guy doesn't yeah. know what the hell he's doing. Do we know it's hard? It really pops out and it grows. Renders do every day. Eagle shit on me. <laughs>